Hey, what's going on, everyone? We're back. I think this is episode 11 now on Disco Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Hongwei Yang, who is a physical chemist here at Widener University. He's an associate professor of physical chemistry, and he also teaches uh, labs and nursing labs and general chemistry. How are you doing, Dr. Yang? Good. How are you, Aiden? I'm doing fantastic. Um, next week's Thanksgiving. We're just put, we're, we're in that final push. We're talking a little bit before, you know, um, I feel like this semester, I feel like, well, this semester specifically, like, it feels like things are piling up, but I, I, I kind of argue against that. I think everyone sh- just wants to be done with the semester. How you, how you feeling for the end of the semester? So basically I have the same feeling as you have. Yeah. At the beginning of the semester, you know, everything was not that bad, but when the semester is going on into the middle of the whole semesters, I think the toll is piling up. Yeah. I think yeah. students get kind of exhausted. And at the same time, faculty members also get a little bit exhausted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think most people have the similar feeling that we wish the semester, you know, will be ended as soon as possible. Right. Yeah. But uh, probably I that's the case. Really yeah. We How only have about two or three weeks left. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah, we do. Like we literally have three weeks left if you count finals week. Okay. I don't even know if I have any finals, honestly, if I think about it now. Maybe one. But do you think you're fully adjusted now? Like, how do you, like, do you think you're fully adjusted online? Do you think you got it all down? Or do, do you think, do you think there's some things to work on? But I couldn't say, you know, 100% adjusted because there's always something you, you cannot, you know, do online, right? When you do in person, yeah. But I think everybody is trying to learn, you know, what's the best strategy, you know, we do for online teaching or for online learning, right? So, so we are getting better, but we still hope, you know, when the whole situation is getting better, we can still go back to at least part of the, you know, in-person teaching, right? So, yeah, I think the scenario is probably if we do have a hybrid, yeah, that will make things much better. For example, right now, testing is a little bit challenging for us, right? Online testing is always basically a little bit out of our control because we cannot see how students is doing on the other side of the internet. So, you know, if we can do testing in person or some uh, worksheet, right, in person, we can answer students' uh, question face to face that will make the whole, whole things or whole teaching and the learning things much efficient and much better yeah yeah i think i think it's tough because you know students are uh, i would say about 80 percent of students are super driven to get the grade they're not necessarily like they get caught up in getting the grade and the numbers versus actually learning the material so when you you know, when you, when they're taking the take-home exams, they get so caught up in, you know, lurking, like getting it right um, and looking things up online because they want to be right versus actually looking at the question, actually learning what it is. And it's tough, right? So what do you do? Yes, because you know? in the short term, they want to pass the class, right? Exactly. Yeah. Probably some of them know, you know, they are coming here, spend a lot of money, is to learn something, right? It's not just passing those classes, but at the same time, they realize if they cannot pass these classes, they cannot move forward with their mm. program, right? They have to be delayed for one or even for longer period. Yeah, they mm. are struggling, but for us, for professors, we can do our best to educate you know, our students, right? Yeah. What's the true purpose of taking those classes, right? Mm-hmm. But at yeah. the same time, so, you know, we have to realize, yeah, that's yeah. not clean cut. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dr. Yang, I want to I want to hop right into this because yeah. I think a lot of people are curious. Um, you know, your background. So you're okay. from China. Um, where did you grow up, and like, how did your? So where did you grow up, and? Like, how, what was it like growing up, like, in China? Like, how, what, what are the, like, how is it different than growing up, like, in America? Like, what are some of the differences that you see? Okay, that could be a whole episode of your, you know, <laughs> yeah. Let's put everything, you know, in short, right? Yeah. So, like the uh, United States, China is also a huge country. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
actually I was born in the capital of China, Beijing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, Beijing is also a large city. Yeah. So, Beijing has very long history. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, you know, Beijing was established about three thousand years ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I have no clue. yeah, in the recent history, Beijing has been the capital city for many uh, dynasties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Qing Dynasty, Ming Dynasty, yeah. So that means it has a lot of, uh, you know, uh, history, right, in Beijing, like Forbidden City, right? That's where the empires, you know, live with their families. Yeah. So right now, that's the most popular, you know, a tour place, right, for people from other regions of China or for foreigners, yeah. And uh, yeah, I was born in Beijing. I feel proud of my you know, identity. Mm. And uh, also Beijing uh, wasn't that large city, you know, when I, you know, when I was in high school or in middle school. But in the recent years, just like the whole China, right? You know, everything is expanding, everything is growing, yeah. So right now, I think Beijing is the third largest city of China. Hmm. Yeah, it has about the whole official number is 20 million people. Oh, yeah, wow. but the real number I know will be larger than that. Larger than that. Yeah, because Did there's you think a lot Beijing of. was the third largest? Is Hong yeah, Kong? Third largest, yes. Beijing's the third largest. Yeah, well, third. I, mean, I, assume, I assume Hong Kong is bigger. No, Hong Kong is. Hong Kong's even bigger? Smaller, yeah. Yeah, what? Hong Kong is a smaller city in terms of a. Uh, size right that's why oh. if you go to hong kong you feel very you know uh crowded because yeah the yeah. size wise hong kong maybe is one third of beijing that's why even though they, they, they have a less population but yeah. you feel you know hong kong is kind of a you know crowded yeah mm. yeah but in terms of the number population number yeah beijing has a more people than hong kong yeah okay so that's my understanding but What's the difference is, yeah, how many people do we have in Hong Kong? I don't have the exact number. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, I, I want to ask you this too. So, so you're a physical chemist. So how did you like, how did you like get into chemistry? Like was chemistry something that you're always interested in or is it something that you like, kind of developed over time? Yeah, I think that's very interesting topic. I want to share my experience with you. Yeah, yeah of course. So yeah. I look at your, uh, basically, your bulletin points, right? So yeah, in order for me actually answer this question, so probably I can touch your second topic a little bit mm. regarding the differences, you know, between China and the United States regarding their education uh, system. Yeah. yeah, so... If you do not have a, uh, some background regarding that, then probably you'll be a little bit harder to understand why my experience or my relationship with chemistry will behave like this way. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Please. Yeah. There's some. Uh, I couldn't say major differences, but there's a lot of differences between China and the U.S. So mm. in the U.S., like you, right? So when you try to decide your career path, normally you will find your interest, your passion, right? So at the end of the day, you are trying to do something you love to do, right? Mm. But not every person will do this way, but most of the people right here trying to develop their career like this way, yeah. However, in China, we call, I can call this as a, a bottle up, right? So you find your passion, then you gradually, you know, collapse this ladder to mm. the top. But in China, so the way of the education system it's about, it's more like top down, yeah. So normally, you know, when you were in high school, yeah, so your parents or your professor, so basically they will tell you, okay, based on your performance, yeah, you know, you should do this, you should do that, right? Because they think they know better about their students, their children than the children or students themselves, right? Mm. They told them, told us we are more experienced. We were through this process. Yeah, we will make the choice, you know, for yours, for you. So mm. that's one thing, you know, that's different. Another is, you know, uh, at, a, 
at the time when I, you know, was in high school, the college access at that time is still kind of a limited. Even, you know, I'm in Beijing, right? We have a lot of universities, but the admission is still kind of a competitive, right? You have to pass national admission test and uh, they take the higher grade, the lower grade, you know, you lose the opportunity. So that's why when you decide your major or when you decide, you know, your career path, probably sometimes people have to do they are good at, not they are loved to do, right? Yeah. There is a maybe gap, right? For some people, they were lucky. They can be good at something at the same time doing that, you know. But however, for for a lot of us, yeah, there is a discrepancy. Yeah. So that's so why your were your like parents and like your your professors, they were like, you're good at chemistry. You should go do chemistry, and then maybe do chemistry. Uh, yeah. At that time, they were not that specific. Yeah. Okay. So we do have a two career passes, you know, we can decide um, a high school. One is natural science, like physics, chemistry, mm-hmm. and even math is something like that. Another is a social yeah. science or mm-hmm. arts, like accounting or history or something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to decide which direction you will go, you know, before you go to college, even before you go to college. So. Mm-hmm. At that time, you know, actually, we can go back to your, oh, actually, you know, I say, there's a, a analogy I always want to tell people the differences between these two education systems. It's about probably a marriage, right? The mm-hmm. analogy is not, not perfect, but probably right here, it's just like you will date somebody mm-hmm. before you get married with that person. Yeah. Yep. Then you can say, okay because I love you, then I will marry you, right? But in China, you know, at least at that time, so the education system more like you have to marry somebody, then you become (laughs) to dating that person and become to love that person. Yeah, it's not perfect analogy, but it's kind of similar, yeah. So why is it like that? Is it just, is this just a cultural thing? It's been like this for hundreds of years or? Actually, I yeah, part of that is the cultural thing. Yes, so China has a very long history. Yeah, Hmm. even you know back to thousand years ago. Yeah, so most families are kind of authoritarian, you know, things. Hmm. So parents has a lot of say in terms about their children's career, even Hmm. their marriage. Yeah, literally their marriage. Yeah, at that time. Yeah, so so that's why you know uh, your parents your professors or your advisors had a lot of say regarding what kind of a career direction you will follow yeah so Mm -hmm. right now i think things getting better yeah so believe or not you know china now the system education system become more westernized yeah Yeah. it's more like what you are doing here but back to one or two decades ago something still like what i just told you you know yeah definitely not for sure So you are, so you were kind of lucky, right? Because you you decided to pursue chemistry or pursue the natural sciences, but did you know you always liked it? So like when you started doing your education, like did you know you liked chemistry, or like was it? Did you kind of get lucky and was like you liked it at the same time? Where like you had to go do it, but you also liked it. Yeah, my relation. Okay, I could, probably relation is a good word. Yeah, you talk about passion. Yeah. Passion, passion probably is two big words for me, yeah. My relation with chemistry is complicated, yeah. As I told you, you know, uh, in China, we start learning actually science at very early stage. Mm-hmm. So we start to learn physics as the first year of a middle school and the chemistry at the second year of middle school, yeah. You learn physics at the first year of middle school? Yes. What the? <laughs> yeah. Of course, it's very introductory, but yeah, we learned that concept very earlier. Yeah, I think it's pretty crazy. I think it's pretty cool, actually. I would have liked to take yeah. physics in middle school. Yeah, it's like very conceptual. Yeah, at the beginning, you know, I like physics, but I also like chemistry a lot because mm. in chemistry, the professors, when they were in classroom, right, they did a lot of demonstrations, right. So, fireworks, you know, 
gases coming out of a beaker, you know, and make you intrigued, make you excited. So that's why I like chemistry, both chemistry and the physics at the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And you're a Husky, right? You're a Husky, right? You got your uh, PhD from UConn. Yes. Yeah, I'm Husky. Yeah. So how, how did you like discover like UConn? Like what made you want to come over here to America to pursue your PhD? Okay. Yeah. So, so when I, you know, uh, let's say finish my uh, undergraduate study in China, right? So at the time, you know, China become more open to the rest of the world, right? We do see a lot of people, you know, uh, went uh, overseas to get some, you know, higher education. So that's why I also decided at that time, maybe I can, you know, went outside to see what's the differences between um, outside world and the China, right? So that's why, like, what do you did? And here you apply a lot of, you know, universities. I also apply different universities at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a couple of offers. Yeah. One of the offers was the uh, uh, University of Connecticut. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> of course, um, one of the key reasons I decided to go UConn is they provide full scholarship, right? At that time, our family was still poor, so we couldn't afford, you know, the whole cost of uh, studying, you know, overseas. So that's why when UConn offered me the whole uh, scholarship, so that's why I say, okay, yeah, I decided to go to UConn for my PhD study, yeah. So at that time, my study, you know, is related basically in related to thermodynamics, right? Mm-hmm. We know physical chemistry have a, a few different components, right? One is a physical uh, thermodynamics, another is quantum mechanics, and the third one is a statistic thermodynamics. Yeah. So when I was UConn, basically, yeah, my study is related to thermodynamics. So basically. Um, Narrowly speaking, it's a phase diagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know when you go to PhD program, right? So your research will be become narrower, right? So you cannot just study everything. Your, your research program will be go deeper and deeper, but it's like basically narrower and narrower. Yeah. yeah. So so that's that's how we end up with UConn. Yeah. Yeah. So do you wanna I want to ask you because I bring I bring a lot of guests on here and then I bring it like professors and when I talk to professors they're like yeah I was doing organic I was doing inorganic but then I was taking physical chemistry and I just I was like oh physical chemistry wasn't for me I start laughing so you know what is so people that don't know like what is physical chemistry and then like why do you think it's important for people to know okay so Give me uh, maybe one or two minutes. Yeah, I want to go back to a few more topics yeah, regarding my relationship with physics. No, uh, chemistry. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, I like chemistry at the beginning. But when I was in high school, when we touched organic chemistry, all right, I was totally devastated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unlike other professors, yeah, they hate physical chemistry. Yeah, but I end up with teaching physical chemistry because I totally, I was totally lost when I was into organic chemistry. Yeah. Yeah, there's too much things you have to memorize. There's a lot of things, you know, which do not follow the thumb of rules, right? There's a lot of exceptions. Yeah. Make me, make me crazy. Yeah. So that's why at that time (laughs) I was wondering if uh, I really need to, you know, being a chemist, yeah, that's why I sway, actually, I swing away from chemistry at that time, yeah. So when I was in college, yeah, I, my major was materials, physics, and the chemistry, but it's more uh, about physics, less about chemistry, even though I take all the courses, yeah. So, but when I was, uh, you know, in Yukon and uh, when I was doing my uh, postdoc research, yeah, I swim back to chemistry a little bit because my research at that time, you know, uh, is more 
like chemistry. Yeah, that's why I have some new you know, understanding of what chemistry is. Also, when I did my uh, postdoc research, I had a chance to teach basic chemistry. Yeah, so mm -hmm. that's why I say, okay, I gave them a second look. Actually, that's opened the door for me. Yeah, go back to your question. Yeah, so for basic chemistry, right? You know, there's a different branches of chemistry, right? So organic, yes, of course. Maybe you are going to do the organic, right? Yeah, well, organic. don't tell, you know, uh, Lloyd, right? So I hate organic, yeah. I, I joke with Dr. Dr. Bastard. I'm gonna, I'm his predecessor. I'm gonna take over the, the program one day. Okay, good. Yeah, we are waiting for you coming back, yeah. But yeah, yeah. so like, you know, it's name, right? Physical chemistry, right? So this name is telling a lot, right? Physical chemistry, I think it's, kind of an integrated uh, subject, right? So here you are using mathematical tools and apply physics principles to study the chemical system. Mm. You see all three things, mass, physics, and the chemistry are integrated together to do one thing, to learn the property of a chemical system. Mm. So that's, I think that's probably where the challenge about basic chemistry is. At the same time, I believe probably that's the beauty. Where's the beauty of this topic is about, right? So. Yeah, I think a lot of people are, um, they get turned off by the, the mathematics of physical chemistry. Um, Cause I know like when I was going through it, not that I didn't like it, but it's, it's a lot of integration and derivatives. And I think, understanding why integrals and derivatives and why, understanding why those things are important versus actually doing the integrals is less important. So, but I, I think it's cool though when we study like quantum mechanics and thermodynamics, which are two, two subjects that are within physical chemistry. That's really cool. So. Yes, because I think physical chemistry can tell you a whole story about the chemical system, right? So um, for thermodynamics, it tell you what kind of a bulk property of a given chemical system is, mm. right? Like Gibbs energy, right? Like Gibbs energy can tell you if uh, a chemical reaction or physical change is a spontaneous or not, mm. right? However, on the other hand, yeah, quantum chemistry or quantum mechanics, yeah, will tell you why, you know, the system behave that way from the molecular perspective, right? Just like, you know, uh, I gave you a grade at, a, at the end of the semester, right? I tell you, Aiden, you got 91A for the class, right? Mm -hmm. That's your overall behavior or overall performance. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I also gave you a detailed analysis, right? I'm telling you, Aiden, all right, the reason why you are doing good is because, you know, you attend every class every week. So you did your f homework pretty good. You also, you know, attend our office hour regularly. Yeah, so that's the detail analysis, right? For that's why cool. your behavior, behavior like that, yeah. I think quantum mechanics, just something like that, right? So it tell, you know, your audience, your people, why the whole system behave like that way. It's because individual units like molecules, like those electrons, you know, behave something in that way. Then mm. when you put everything together, all right, then that's why the whole system, you know, have that property, yeah. What do you think, what do you think, like, let's say we, cause I, uh, you know, I have some viewers that don't know anything about physical chemistry. They don't know any, they, you know, they study humanities or whatever. Yeah. What do you, what do you think is like one or two things that everyone should know about physical chemistry? Like, so here's some things that you should definitely know. So it's about the physical chemistry contents or it's about how we uh, need to learn chemistry. Yeah. What kind of, either, way, either one, you, you can do both if you want. What do you, what, how about one thing that's specific to physical chemistry you think pe people should know about? Okay. Yeah. So, be a little bit more specific. Yeah, as I said, you know, physical chemistry basically covers three different topics, right? Mm -hmm. One is called thermodynamics. Yeah, 
especially for engineering students. Yeah, you already learn something related to thermodynamics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thermodynamics is basically telling people, you know, the bulk property of a system you are looking at, right? And how energy or thermal energy exchange between the system and the surrounding. For example, when you try to design an engine, when you have a chemical reaction, how much energy will be released or will be absorbed by that chemical reaction, right? So that's thermodynamics, yeah. And on the other hand, the second, actually the most important uh, topic, or I believe that's the most important topic in physics is quantum chemistry. Yeah. Mm. It's to study how electrons, or how, should I say, how those small units in the system behave, right? Mm. Like what do we talk about, you know, is why some solution has a color, right? Why something, you know, um, can emit electrons, right? We call that photoelectric effect, right? So it's because electron is not, you know, like stone, right? They mm. are moving around, right? They are jumping to the higher energy level. They are back to the lower energy level. Mm. At that same time, they release energy, right? In terms of uh, electromagnetic waves. So that wave, you know, is somehow falling into the visible region, then it show colors, right? Mm -hmm. So basically it's related, you know, to a lot of things you do see in the real life, yeah. So it's not just, you know, very, you know, prestigious, you know, uh, theoretical study. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a down to the earth, yeah. Don't be uh, afraid of those mass or those, you know, uh, derivatives. Yeah, so if uh, you cannot overcome that, you know, yeah, it, that's part of the uh, physical chemistry. It's not the whole story, right? So it make you, you know, uh, learn the physical chemistry. What is physical chemistry about? Yeah, if uh, you are really into that, then for your future, you can go down this route. If uh, you couldn't, you know, fully, you know, uh, get into this uh, physical chemistry thing, but at least you can learn some, uh, you know, background regarding physical chemistry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So just, just kind of like enlighten our viewers here a little bit. So for the viewers that don't understand how like light works, so electrons exist in a ground state or in an excited state. And when you give electrons energy, they'll move to the excited state. And when that energy is released and it goes back to ground state, it comes off in the form of uh, energy and some of it is visible light. And so like when it, when it comes back down to its ground state, it'll release, you know, blue light, red light, whatever. And that's how we perceive light. Is that a good yeah, statement? That's, yeah, that's how we perceive, you know, color, yeah, something, yes. And understanding that, understanding the thermodynamics of that is a part of physical chemistry. So it's really cool. Yeah, if I can correct you, I understand the quantum mechanics of that is yeah. part of the physical chemistry, yeah. That's really, that's really cool. Yeah. I kind of want to sh switch subjects here a little bit. Um, okay. So I want to hop into your research projects. I know you work with John Mason on the MOFs. Yes. I wonder if you can enlighten our viewers a little bit on your background of your research and what exactly is your research? Okay, yeah. So, yeah. So before we're talking about the research, you know, I want to emphasize, yeah. So when people are doing research, there's always a purpose of doing that, right? Mm -hmm. So you just not do, do research in order to do research, right? So that's why there's always a larger, you know, scope for why you are doing this research, yeah. Mm -hmm. So right now, my research basically focus on uh, metal organic frameworks, right? We call that MOFs, right, for different applications, yeah. One of the application of you know using MOF is to absorb or capture uh, different gas species. Yeah, most likely is a uh, carbon dioxide and methane. We do know you know we are dealing with climate change, right? Regardless if you think that's real or not, but everybody you know experiencing the impact of such change, right, in the last several decades, right weather get more severe and uh, uh, natural disasters, you know, get more often, right? So that's, that's, that's the reality, yeah. 
So that's why people need to do something about it. Yeah. So we also know fossil fuel is one of the main sources, right, for greenhouse emission. So that's why, you know, when people try to make things better, yeah, they think about what we can do with those greenhouse emissions. So you cannot just stop uh, burning fossil fuel at once, right? You yeah. have to gradually transit from one uh, energy sources to another, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why if we still have to use, you know, um, fossil fuel, right? Most likely for those power plants, then what can we do with those emissions? So that's why people try to find a better or more efficient approach to catch those greenhouses before they are even being emitted to the atmosphere. So mm -hmm. one of the candidates the people are interested to look at is so-called metal organic frameworks. Yeah. So, so basically, you know, yeah, this, this kind of material has a two component. One is metal cluster, and another is uh, we call, you know, organic linker or organic ligands, right? Mm -hmm. It's much longer, you know, <clears throat> uh, part of the component, right? When you have a metal being connected by those linkers, yeah, it can form one, two, or three-dimensional structure, yeah. So most of the time, we are more interested into uh, three or two-dimensional structure in terms of a gas capture because you know uh, when you have a list structure, yeah, the, the the void or the empty space inside those materials, yeah is compatible with the size of those gas molecules, mm -hmm. right? When you have a, the similar size, so those materials will have, have the ability of catching those molecules either inside those uh, empty voids or on the surface. Mm -hmm. So basically that's what we are trying to do, yeah. To find out the proper, you know, uh, morphs and to capture, to capture those carbon dioxide and methane as much as possible or as easy as possible. Of course, we can also tailor those yeah, uh, organic frameworks, right? By adding some functional group, right? I know that's organic, yeah, that's, we Ooh, have to love it. do something about it, yeah. So just so, just let me do a little recap here, just so I understand it and the viewers back at home understand. Um, so you have, you have like, you have this metal organic framework, which basically means you have this structure that consists of, you know, um, a metal. Do you guys, what, what kind of metal do you guys use? Do you guys use salt or, or do you guys use like um, sodium, potassium? Or no, we, normally those, you know, um, metal cluster is a transition metal. Transition metal? Yeah, so copper, zinc, uh, iron, mm. sometimes titanium. Yeah, so, so that's, trans because transition metal have a very, unique properties yeah there's a lot of electrons around yeah those electrons actually play a critical role in this kind of a, you know situation yeah and those so those now use a sodium you know, yeah so those okay so the transition metals are then linked together from some organic molecule whatever whatever you guys use yes and this builds this, this it builds like a, a big structure and yeah, within the structure. empty spaces of the pockets, you can capture, the idea is that you can capture gas. Yes. Specifically for your case, CO2, but within these empty spaces, you could capture um, gases. Yes. For is example, that a size thing? Is it based on size or are there, is there other properties like, you know, um, like uh, like it's a it's attracted to these these metals? Like are gases attracted to the metals? Or is it just... There, just a size thing. Both of them are critical, yes. Mm. So size-wise, you want that, uh, that pore, we call that pore, okay, it's compatible with your gas molecule, right? Hydrogen molecule smaller, so you want that pore a little smaller. Otherwise, you cannot catch those molecules inside, right? They will escape very easily, yeah. Pore, is, pore size is one of the critical factors, yeah. Of course, at the same time, yeah. So the interaction, right, between, you know, gas molecule and your metal cluster is another key factor for you to cap capture those molecules, right? If you do have a strong interaction, 
between the matter cluster and your molecule, those molecules will stay, right? Will be captured inside. So if uh, you have a very weak interaction between metal cluster and your gas molecule, yeah, your gas molecule will have a higher tendency to escape from those structures, right? That's why you have to look at both at the same time. So where are you right now currently in the research? Are you working on right now synthesizing these MOFs or are you actually like shooting CO2, CO2 through it for capturing? Yeah. So you're, once again, you're on the points. Actually, we are doing both, right? So okay. we are more focused actually on the property sites, right? We try to tailor those candidates' material by adding some function group, right? Mm. By, you know, um, looking at, you know, what kind of a metal cluster is a good for a different purpose Then mm. we test their properties. But at the same time, right, synthesize of those metal organic frameworks is another um, topic people are really interested because like organic synthesize, right? Yeah, you normally have to use a lot of solvents, right? And uh, hold that at higher temperature for longer period of time. That's not uh, it's not very not green. So friendly, yeah. It's not very no green. green. Yeah, no green. Yeah. Then right now we also you know focus on if we can use a greener synthesis like using microwave. Right. That's what we have to synthesize yeah. the same the metal metal frameworks. Yeah, it's faster, and uh, yeah, I think it follows some you know green chemistry principles here. We love that. We, I, we always listen. I always appreciate green chemistry around here. Uh, green chemistry is always welcome here. Yes. Well, I think that research. I think that research is super cool. Um, what have you guys found so far? Like, what have you guys drawn any conclusions yet, or like, where are you guys sitting right now? Yeah, we get we get some preliminary results. Yeah, mm -hmm. in terms of a uh, synthesis. Yeah, uh, in the last summer, uh, John Mason. Yeah, they labeled you know microwave synthesis over a uh, copper BTC, yeah. So we found out uh, when we use a microwave synthesized, yeah, the results, you know, uh, were faster, right? Normally, by using the traditional solar thermal method, you have to spend probably eight hours or even longer to get the, you know, product. Yeah. Right yeah. here, no. yeah, we probably just 10 minutes, yeah, we are done with the, you know, synthesize. That's great. Yeah, really cool. so the property, uh, they are compatible, yeah, in mm. terms of a poor size and the poor uh, volume, okay? Mm. So now we are focusing on probably we need to further tailor, you know, those MOFs by adding some function group so mm. that it can absorb more uh, gases of our interests, like carbon dioxide or methane, yeah. So that's one of the direction. Another mm. direction is um, that's, uh, with Stephanos, right? Sure. Um, we are trying to use these MOFs to do some glucose absorption. Yeah, mm. yeah because right now, you know, for diabetes uh, patient, right? They use a uh, enzyme-based uh, detection, right? So they use, uh, you know, uh, some strips and detect if your uh, sugar, you know, or your glucose uh, is high or not. Yeah, but that's, Kind of expensive, and uh, it's a uh, use a lot of uh, uh, materials. But mm -hmm. right now, we will trying to be. We are trying to see if uh, we can use a mouse as the sensor of glucose in 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 solutions first, then in your in your blood next. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so people that are diabetic have you know high 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 glucose right in their blood. Yeah. So how would wait? So how would the moths help that? Like, wh what would be the purpose of capturing them, and just yeah. seeing the concentration of your glucose? Yeah. So we use a, uh, ideally speaking, we use a moth, right, to catch glucose only from your blood, who are mm. more sensitive to glucose than other uh, component, right? So if uh, I can, if the moths can absorb a lot of uh, mm, uh, glucose. If you'll be connected to the electron devices, then we can um, detect the current, right? If a higher concentration of glucose and uh, the higher current, you know, from the reading, 
then we can tell if uh, your, your glucose concentration is high or, or not. Of course, you have to have a very selective, you know, uh, absorption and yeah. a very sensitive absorption, right? You cannot catch everything. You only can catch glucose and also very sensitive to that. That's really cool. That's really awesome. Well, you, you got some groundbreaking stuff going on over there, Dr. Yang. That's really cool. Hopefully, you know, yeah. What do you think, what do you think some of like the misconceptions are like about physical chemistry and about yourself? Okay, yeah. I think about this question um, a lot last night, yeah. I don't think, yeah, there's a lot of misconception about myself. Probably the, the reason why people, you know, uh, uh, wondering about me is, is because maybe they do not know me very well, right? So, yeah, so that's why if uh, they can, you know, have a more conversation with me like that, right? I think we will have a more understanding between me and the uh, other person, right? Then, and uh, I think, yeah, that will be beneficial to everybody, yeah. Mm. But right now, I think people are pretty busy and uh, normally we do not have a lot of time to communicate yeah so that's why for those audience all right if uh, you want to talk to me and uh, we can set up a time and uh, i can share a lot of stories a lot of stories yeah i'm a good cook we can have a lot of a uh, you know which by uh, the way i do want to talk about it in a little bit we can i want to get back to your cooking now we'll okay. get back to it in a little bit yeah now. but the for the physical chemistry yeah Probably the misconception of chemistry is, is just so hard, right? So it's just so complicated. Even before I started, I feel frustrated. I feel uh, scared. Yeah, that's a lot of misconception. Yeah, but as we know, you know, you have to accept. Yeah, for a regular person, yeah, like myself, yeah, sometimes you cannot be good at at everything. Yeah, some maybe physical chemistry is one optical for your career or for your study, but at least you need to give physical chemistry a fair shot, right? Maybe I borrowed this word from Joe Biden. I don't know, uh, but anyway, so you need to open your mind, right? So you need to, uh, let's say, you know, um, be patient when you are learning physical chemistry. Yeah, you need to be, you know, uh, very, you know, strategic right yeah you 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 need to act earlier and at the same time you have to do more practice and mm. more practice and more practice yeah uh, at the end of the day yeah so your whole career won't be determined by one class right physical chemistry if you are really good at it that's perfect if you are not at least you know you know what physical chemistry is and what it can do in the future, when you need to use the physical chemistry, you know, you can come back to this topic, right? And uh, do your own study, right? Mm -hmm. Right here in, in, in our classes, you know, we are not intent to teach everything, let you understand everything. At least our bottom line is to let you know what topic will be covered by this class. In the future, if you really need it, you know where you can get those knowledge, right? So you can come back to physical chemistry in the future if you, you need it, yeah. So that's basically about education, yeah. Yeah, I think looking back on physical chemistry now, I, I appreciate like what you did and I, I not, it's not that like, I don't really care about all the integrals and stuff like that, but understanding like what physical chemistry is because it's actually pretty applicable, um, especially for myself, because I was talking to Dr. Bast and we're doing like within our research, we're synthesizing our product and we can't get the product to be pure. And we believe it's because we're the, the reaction time that we have and the temperature that we have is right at that equilibrium or is right at the um, activation energy between the reactant and the product. And so I suggested, I was like, well, if we could just figure out what the activation energy is to react into the product, then we could make reaction conditions to be more pure. And that's physical chemistry. It's yeah. looking at its thermodynamic properties. And if we could figure that out, then we wouldn't have this issue. But so I think it's really applicable. And if people, people shouldn't get so bogged down on learning all the math integrals and stuff like that. It's, it's all about understanding what's happening. Um, that's, I think it's way more important. 
That's true. Yeah. Yeah. If you couldn't, you know, uh, do good with those math, yeah, but at, at least you need to understand the result at the end, right? Yeah. yeah. What do you think? So, would you say what's some advice you give to um, like prospective students? Do you kind of give them the same thing? Just give them a fair shot, or do you have do you have other things that you would say? Yeah, I think already probably already covered a lot of you know advice, right? I want to give the prospective students. Yeah. Mm. So, I think one key point regarding physical chemistry, yes, it's different than other you know uh, subject, right? You need to have that expectation. Yeah. So that's why we do have a different you know directions or branches in chemistry yeah yeah physical chemistry probably is quite different than other things yeah because as i said it uses physics it uses math a lot right mm. so that's the beauty also that's the challenge yeah so yeah communication is also pretty you know cool cool things right so in college right yeah every time you know when you have a uh, anything you know you struggle with right either physical chemistry or anything, right? So you need to communicate with your professor or your, your, your student peer, right? To see if there's anything they can offer regarding the insight or alternatives, right? Help you to overcome those things, yeah. For the prospective students, yeah. So try to, you know, uh, get in touch with me or other you know, professors as early as possible. If, if you feel some stress, right? Of course. If you do have a friend, you can also learn from your friends. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think um, communication transparency transparency is definitely like really key um, because everyone's in the same boat. Like students are in the same boat as you, and professors are humans too. Like they need interaction. Just it's all about it's all about transparency and communication. Absolutely, ask when you need help for sure. Yeah. All right, so, so Dr. King, as we wrap up here. I want to come back to the cooking because I know you're, you're a really good cook. You've been cooking up a lot of stuff before, before he finished up uh, physical chemistry last spring, Dr. Yang made some dumplings and he said he would share the recipe. I don't think he ever did. Did you ever share that recipe for your dumplings? Yeah, I think I didn't. Yeah. Even though I made a promise, I didn't, you know, share the recipe. Yeah. Oh man. Can you send me the recipe? Can you send me what to do? I want to make dumplings. I'm gonna, and then I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you what I made. Okay. That will be great. I don't know, you know, if you can make dumplings at the first time. Yeah, but I can definitely, you know, give you the recipes. Yeah, I can even, actually, you know, I took some videos at that time, right? I show you guys a small short videos, but it's not the whole, whole process. I yeah. can shoot a few more videos and uh, for each of the step and that will probably more beneficial to your practice. Yeah, so that's like, remote learning right yeah. you, you do have a textbook you also need to have some videos right so i will definitely you know do this send this to me yeah what's uh what's, what's next on your list like what do you make it next like what are you looking to make uh you mean let's see yeah <clears throat> or what do you Actually, want in, like what in do you recent want to... days i'm making a lot of a uh, steam bomb steam bomb you know what are they called? Uh, steam burn. So basically, it's so it's basically larger dumplings, but hmm. it's steamed. You know. Okay, they're steamed. Yeah. That sounds pretty. I love steamed dumplings. Okay. Yeah. Does Does Chinese food in America live up to real Chinese food over in China? You know the answer, right? I don't need to answer your <laughs> question. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. So basically, uh, uh, um, I say. 95% you know, is not living up to our expectation, yeah. So if I walk down to number one China right now, that's not authentic? I would say 95% are not <laughs> authentic, no. yeah, yeah. What should I, what, what Chinese food should I make? Like what, what's something that you like really love over there that, that like something that everyone should have? So one key difference is between um, very authentic Chinese food and American uh, Chinese food is how to use a uh, sauce or how to use sugar, right? Mm. So yeah, in authentic Chinese food, you know, um, unless the main flavor of that dish is uh, sweet, then we can add a lot of uh, sugar, right? Mm. If the main flavor is not uh, sweet, then we 
seldom add any sugar at all, maybe tiny amount. But here, you know, I think a lot of American Chinese food, you know, have been adapted to Americans, right? That's why I salt, there's like no sugar. Yeah. Yes. So, so that's why, you know, when you go to, you know, Panda Express or any, you know, uh, Chinese restaurant, yeah, they are now making uh, authentic Chinese food. Yeah. Some restaurants, you know, you can ask, can I, can you make a real Chinese dish? They say, yeah. okay, yeah, but you have to ask. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, they just say, or well, they just make American Chinese food for you. Yeah. So let's say, so Dr. Yang, let's say you die tomorrow. What are you ordering tonight? Like, what, what, what would be your last meal? Ah, that's... What do you eat? I think, I don't know, must be a comfort food, right? must be a comfort food. It's got to be comfort food, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I think in China, comfort food could be dumplings Mm. or could be noodles. Yeah. Any specific dumplings or noodles? Like should you use chicken, pork, lo mein? what, What would you, what would you do? Say it again. Like, would you use chicken, pork? What would you put in your dumpling? Both? You can, no, normally you do not have a both. You can oh. have a, let's say, pork, the, the very typical, you know, uh, dumpling feeling is a pork, ground pork. Mm. It's a, a Chinese cabbage plus some uh, mushroom. Okay, Ooh. yeah, yeah. I love mushrooms. Yeah, mushroom, yeah. And for, uh, you can also use a ground beef. So mm. when you use a ground beef, our typical recipe is ground beef and uh, celery and also some uh, green pepper. Yeah. Mm. So really chicken, good. yeah, chicken has a, chicken normally is too lean, right? There's no yeah. fat. So it won't make dumplings delicious. That's why even use a chicken, ground chicken, you still need to add some other, you know, meat, right? Mm. Yeah. So. Sometimes you can add a little pork, but chicken normally we make uh, meatballs using chicken, ground chicken. Chicken meatballs, oh man. Yes. Well, Dr. Yang, I wanna thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. I, I, I appreciate you coming on and talking about your moths and your, your Chinese food. Okay, yeah, I think- And your physical chemistry, of course, but you know. Cool, that's cool, yeah, because I think today's episode probably is the longest one, right? I think this is definitely, we've been on here for a while. I don't know. We'll see. Dr. Bot was like 50 minutes. I think you'll be yeah, like, I think minutes. I want to break his record. You want to break I, his I record? I want to beat him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. Yang, you're yeah. always, you're always a pleasure to talk to. Um, okay. Send me those dumpling recipes. I'm going to make them. Okay. I think right. the next maybe episode when we meet again, so you need to show me your uh, dumplings, right? Next episode, next episode that you're on, I'll show you my dumplings and okay. you'll show me um your moss something else yeah you're gonna show me your moss okay yeah Cross me. Right, Dr. Yang. yeah if you guys like the content please like and subscribe but uh that's been episode 11 thank you everyone